first farm in the valley. Chapter 20, 4th of July. Aren't you glad we have Guardian to stay behind and watch the farm? exclaimed Anna as their wagon started off on the road to Dodge. True to his word, father had brought their new watchdog less than a week after the tramps had visited the farm. Now he had to stay behind while they went off to enjoy the festivities. Anna felt sorry for Guardian. She was about to call out, I'll save you a slice of dried beef. Then she remembered they had none left this year. But there was cold fried chicken and boiled eggs and pachki. They would still have a feast. I hope they have ice like last year, said Anna. Father had no ice left at all, but maybe someone in Dodge had a bigger ice house. Once again, they lined up for the annual parade. Each time they passed the leafy decorations lining the street, Anna thought they were prettier. I'll never get tired of Fourth of July parades, she sighed with contentment. You would if you had them every day, said Mother. Anna didn't think so. Then it was time to settle down for the speeches. Father drove their wagon up to a free spot next to Aunt Bridget and the rest of the Olszewski family. On the other side of them were Mr. and Mrs. Conkle and their children and grandchildren. The Conkles had come from Poland at the same time as Mother and Father and lived in another valley on the other side of Pine Creek. As soon as the speeches were over, everyone ate dinner. After they had finished, Father stood up and looked around for some card-playing partners. No sooner had he started to move off in the direction of the school than a big boom echoed through Dodge. There goes that Charlie Casimore again, laughed Father. Once again, the children and young people sauntered over to the blacksmith shop to watch the anvils being fired. Four times, Mr. Casimore made the anvil leap into the air as though it weighed no more than a pine cone. And each time, the audience held their ears to block out the sound. Honestly, I don't know why we come so close to watch, complained Mary with a laugh. All it does is make our ears hurt. But it's exciting, argued Anna. When the anvil firing was over, the girls walked back to the wagon, where Mother sat chatting with Mrs. Conkle and Aunt Bridget. Why don't you start a little dancing, suggested Mother. We'll sing along so you have the music. She started a song and the other ladies joined in. Mary and Anna joined their hands, beginning to move to the sound of the music. Then Pauline and several of the other girls standing around stepped in and formed a circle. Around and around they went, following the words of the song. More women joined in the group of singers surrounding them. Two little girls stood off to the side, watching the dancing wistfully. Anna didn't know who they were, but she had heard them speaking English. They don't, they don't have to know Polish to dance with us, she thought, and she waved them to come into the circle. Eagerly, the girls joined in. They tried their best to follow the steps, but it seemed as though they would have to understand Polish to do the dance, because they never knew when to turn left or right. They'd follow the steps correctly for a while, and then bump! Because they turned at the wrong moment, in the wrong direction, they collided with the dancers next to them. Then everyone would tumble down in a heap, giggling and laughing. Quickly! They would get up and start over again. Anna didn't mind their mistakes. She thought it was fun dancing with the English-speaking girls because of the unexpected way they did things. But Mary wanted them to dance properly. Left, now right, down the middle. She called out the directions in English the next time they started to dance. All went well for a while, until Mary forgot and called left when she really meant right. Smack! One of the girls waved her arms in the wrong direction and hit Anna hard on the back. Down she went on her stomach with the girl on top of her. The rest of the group was in shambles. Mother and the other ladies were laughing so hard they couldn't sing. 
will have to be all, she gasped. I can't sing when you are constantly making me laugh. The two English-speaking girls now motioned to Anna and the other Polish-speaking girls to form a line. They clasped their hands and held them high, arching like a bridge. Then they began to sing a song. They want us to go under, said Mary. So she started the line moving. In and out they went, ducking under the bridge of hands. Suddenly, the two girls lowered their arms and caught Anna. It's like father with the trap we have for the hair, thought Anna. So she tried to wiggle free. But the girls motioned for her to wait a moment. They sang a bit longer while they swayed back and forth, with her still caught between their arms, and then she had to stand off to the side behind one of the girls. Over and over again, the line passed through until all the girls had been captured between the falling arms, and then separated into one of the two lines behind the English-speaking girls. Then the two lines had a tug of war until one line tumbled down. All afternoon, the girls played and danced and sang, sometimes in Polish and sometimes in English. Finally, Anna flopped down on the grass near Mother, tired and out of breath. I can't make another move, she said. Not even for some ice cream, asked Mother. Ice? asked Anna, because that's what she thought she had heard. No, ice cream, repeated Mother. Mrs. Burgost has made some, and they're beginning to serve it now. We must take some plates and cups. Pauline, you run and fetch Father. He'll want his share. Quickly, Anna picked up a tin cup and a spoon and walked to the front of Burgost's store. Many boys and young men were standing around watching. Look, cried Barney, they finished turning it. He stepped aside, and Anna saw a big tub filled with ice. In the middle of the ice was a large pail of something that looked cold and creamy. Mother paid Mrs. Burgost, and then she was allowed to dip her big spoon ten times into the ice cream, scooping it into the plates and cups they had brought. Now we must hurry back to eat it before it melts. Never had Anna tasted anything better than the cold, velvety ice cream of that afternoon. It tingled on her tongue as it melted, then slid down her throat. It was much, much better than sucking on plain ice. No one spoke as they took turns eating the ice cream. They had to share the spoons because Mother had brought only three. Each of the children got five or six small bites, and then the ice cream was gone. I wish I could lick the bottom of the cup, thought Anna. She wanted to get out every drop of the delicious ice cream. They all sat back in silence, happy to rest and dream about more ice cream. Suddenly, to the left of them, one of Mr. Conkle's grandsons came running up. Look what father brought me. Will you light it, grandfather? He held out a piece of metal shaped like a thin stick. It was thicker at one end like a cattail. Mr. Conkle struck a match and held it to the tip of the fatter end. The stick began to crackle and sparks shot out in all directions. It's gunpowder! Jump out of the way! shrieked Anna, remembering Jacob's accident two years ago. No, left Mr. Conkle. It's only a bit of fireworks, a sparkler. They watched as the sparks continued to zing out every which way, until at last the fat end of the metal stick was all burned out. That was the end of the fireworks. Too bad you didn't save it till after dark, said Mr. Conkle. They shine much better then. Where did you buy it? Mother asked the boy. At Burgost's, he replied. They got lots more. Mother looked questioningly at father. Anna held her breath. Did that mean she wanted him to buy some of the sparkling sticks? Father hesitated, but then he seemed to change his mind. Well, I guess we can have a little foolishness now and then, he said. He reached into his pocket purse and gave some coins to Franz a check. 
You can buy two or three with that, I should think, but we'll save them until dark, so bring them back here. Anna was bursting with contentment. Just when she thought she had seen and heard everything connected with the 4th of July, something new and exciting came along, like ice cream and sparklers. Mother, do they have the 4th of July in Poland, she asked. Whatever do you want to know that for, Mother's eyes opened. I want to know, insisted Anna. No, they don't have 4th of July, because this is an American holiday. Don't you remember? Father told you it was the birthday of America. If they don't celebrate the 4th of July, then do they have another birthday? Not exactly, replied Mother, but why do you ask such questions? I want to go to Poland some day, but I'm not sure I'll like it if they don't have things like the 4th of July. You won't get much celebrating in Poland, not under the Prussians, said Mr. Conkle. I'm not going to Prussia, Anna answered firmly. They're too mean and strict there. I'm only going to Poland. At that, Father and Mr. Conkle burst into laughter. Mother shook her head. Oh, Anna, don't you understand? If you go to our old home in Poland, you have to go to Prussia, because that part is under the Prussians now. Anna did not understand. Then why do you always say you came from Poland, and you said you went away to the army to Prussia, she told her father accusingly. I did, but that was still part of Poland, I mean Prussia. Father looked at mother helplessly. He didn't seem to be able to word it clearly. We still call it Poland because we feel Polish, but the government is Prussian, explained mother. When they ordered everyone there to speak German, even in church, we didn't like that. Haven't you heard father say many times that was one of the reasons we left to come here? Anna nodded, but she still did not understand completely. You mean there are no Polish kings and queens there, she asked. No, only Bismarck and the Kaiser, interrupted father, and I'm happy we left. We're under American government here. We can speak Polish amongst ourselves if we want to, and have our church in Polish. We're free to do what we want, and we can get free land besides. You bet, added Mr. Conkle. This is one heck of a free country. He cleared his, co his throat because he could see Mother did not like such strong language. But Father was nodding his head and smiling. Those are my sentiments exactly. He agreed. For the rest of the afternoon, Anna pondered what Mother and Father had said. I don't want to give up the 4th of July, she thought, and I don't want to go to Poland if it's not really Poland. That afternoon, that evening, after supper and all the chores were done, they waited for it to get completely dark. Then mother brought out the sparklers, and father lit the tip of one. Taking turns, they waved the sparklers this way and that, making a fiery shower rain down from above. It was as though a million twinkling stars had fallen over their farm. Anna looked around the shadowy forms of the house and barn. The outlines were so familiar, she would have recognized them anywhere, even in the deepest dark. I want to stay here, she thought, always. And this time, the thought stayed with her, even into her dreams. <laughs>